The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. It's not all that often that I get a famous person in the studio. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't happen all that often. Then everybody knows Steven Spielberg stops by. And then some other person from Hollywood. And then Andy Irwin stops by. And you're like, wow, Andy Irwin. I can't believe it. But I knew you before you were you. <laughs> Hi, Andy Irwin. <laughs> I'm just here to fill in until uh, George Lucas obviously shows up. So. Yes. Well, you can't throw uh, rocks when you live in a glass house yourself. Yes. I don't know that Kingdom Story Company has – I would guess that you have more Star Wars propaganda and stuff we, in, your mean, stu- in your headquarters than I do in my studio. I, well, I'm, uh, there's, there's, the people can't see it, but there's a carpet on the, the ground of the Millennium Falcon that I'm going to – have Nick, my assistant, uh, pack up and take home with because me. Because so. you don't have that. I don't have it. I have not seen it yes. yet. Yes. Yes. It, it was impressive. I I'm was feeling like, pretty good about myself level. all I of mean, a sudden. The Lego's a standard fare. You right, know, right. Things, but the Unimpressive. Carp- a, 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 a large Millennium Falcon carpet that covers the whole wow. room. I'm good with that. That I could best an Irwin brother <laughs> in the Star Wars paraphernalia world is pretty good. It's great to see you. How are you? I'm good, buddy. It's always good to be here. I mean, it feels like... Uh, Whenever I step in, I just feel like we haven't lost any time. And no. It's just the old times. It's kind of like a homecoming. So if you uh, don't know Andy Irwin, Andy and John Irwin, well, now they're, uh, you, you've got uh, Jesus Revolution coming out, which I've been talking about. Yeah, man. Uh, opening in February. February 24th, yeah, is that right? 24th. February everywhere. 24th. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, American Underdog was before that, the Kurt Warner story, and then the Johnny Cash uh, what do we call those? Bi-epic, bio-epic? Yeah, what is that it called? Was a, it was a bio-doc. I a bio-doc. Uh, and then before that, going back in time, I still believe that was the Jeremy Camp story. I can only imagine the, the Bart Millard story and Mercy Me. And then another Greg Laurie with uh, talking about, yeah. oh, what's his Steve name? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah. And then, of course, Woodlawn and uh, Mom's Night Out and... Uh, October Baby, which was the first time I ever heard your guys' voices when October Baby came out. When was that? That was that was almost fourteen years ago now. <clears throat> which is one of the most powerful pro life movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was a special one to do. It was it was a story that touched uh, our hearts based on a friend of ours journey and we told that story and little tiny meager means and you were one of the first to kind of jump on board and help us get the word out. And then do you remember when we now see good now here's the problem. Here's why I have an advantage on you. Yeah. I've met a lot of people, you've met a lot of people times 50. <laughs> so the first time we met face to face was on a cruise ship. Really? Yep, and was? it was a family life marriage uh cruise ship. That was the first Gina time. Gina and I were on there and you were uh doing a promo showing of Mom's Night Out. That was a fun cruise. Like I I think all films should be promoted on cruises. <laughs> I feel gypped. Since COVID, I have not been invited on one cruise to go oh, promote yeah, a movie. Oh, yeah, see, that's a problem. So that's a problem. It's a pro- it's, it, that is a key to success. That's a sin problem in yeah. somebody's life. So yeah, we're somebody gonna, needs we're to gonna, make that right. We're going to leave Family that to life, the Lord. if you're listening, <laughs> hey, we need an invite. Yeah, yeah so but that, was, that was a lot of fun. We got a chance to show it on the boat and then got a free cruise out of it and meet a lot of cool people. I didn't realize that was the first time we met. Yep, and then, and then I was on the uh, – 
I was on the uh, set of I Can Only Imagine in yeah. Oklahoma City. That was it. Which is how I met the Green family through you guys. I yep. mean, I did a bunch of stuff with them, which yep. was cool. Uh, and then it's just been great to watch uh, what God has done in and through you guys. Hard to imagine that when you were working illegally with ESPN. <laughs> we, we started out young. <laughs> we started out young. We uh, fudged our age. Uh, but, yeah, it was – God's just brought us a long ways. I mean, when we got started, this was a hobby. It was just, you know, we were from Birmingham, Alabama. The idea of being full-time filmmakers, uh, serving, you know, a faith kind of message to our stories, like that was unheard of. And so, and then obviously the Kendrick brothers kind of broke that door Mm -hmm. wide open. We kind of followed uh, and still on the shoulders of great, great people and, uh, and kind of tried to put our stamp on it. And so God's, you know, helped us find our calling. And I think, you know, Woodlawn was the one where we kind of were like, this is our kind of story. We tell true stories of redemption, underdog stories. You know, real life situations, and and then that led to I can only imagine, and then you know the rest is history. But the rest been, is history, and and then, and then you know when you look at the Kendricks brothers' movies, and I've had this conversation with your brother, with John a lot, is is Kendricks boys making movies for the church? Mm-hmm. The Irwin boys are making movies to go out into the world yep. and and have a uh, a subtle. It's kind of like it's kind of like wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Yeah. It's it's a subtle presentation. It's gospel saturated. The other thing I love about your movies. Uh, is that it's always a true story. Mm-hmm. Is that just something that you guys decided we're well, only going to do true stories? I or? mean, you, every every filmmaker kind of finds their story to tell, and then they kind of tell it in different versions. Mm-hmm. And so for us being documentary guys, you know, uh, uh, you know that kind of being our, our, our roots, we just gravitated towards latching onto people's true stories. And I think with Stephen and Alex with Kendricks, you know, we, we had early conversations because they were one of the first to challenge us to get in the game. Yeah. And they just said that, you know, God's really called us to serve the church to tell these lessons to the church. And they're like, don't try to be us. Do what God's called you to do. And we feel, said, we feel you know, compelled to reach people just outside the church doors, the, the people that need to be reached. And true stories, there's just something really uh, disarming about it. Very much so. You know, when, when you, you know, especially, especially you know, in this society that the, the ultimate God that they have is everybody's personal experience, your personal truth. Mm-hmm. What's your truth? And so the idea, if you can find a story that communicates the idea of redemption of the gospel, but in a way that's through somebody's real-life experience, they don't know what to do to criticize that. Right. So there's a reason why a movie like Underdog, it's certified fresh by critics, because there's really it's hard to criticize somebody that lived that. And uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a Super Bowl-winning Kurt Warner story. I mean, Exactly. And, and, and it's a bit of a pain that he happens to be a born-again Christian, right? <laughs> it's, it's something you got to deal with. Right. And so— when we tell those stories and then all those stories, the success of Imagine and all the movies that we made along the way, uh, you know, as a team, we decided to leverage that on this movie, Jesus Revolution, and to have a movie going out wide everywhere that's a true story uh, that has the name Jesus in the title <laughs> is like, yeah. what in the world happened? I mean, that's been a busy 15 years. Yeah, in partnership with Lionsgate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we were talking earlier off the air. And uh, my wife, Jean, and I were watching a movie recently, and, of course, Lionsgate comes up, and, and she knows, obviously, that yep. Kingdom Story Company and Lionsgate, your partnership there, which we'll talk about. And she's like, Lionsgate, they do everything. Yeah, they really do. I and mean, so you have that kind of industry muscle, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. only God could really put that together. It, God just really kind of opened the doors at that place in particular, and it was just, you know, they're blue-collar. They kind of you know, saw our business as an opportunity. And like any studio, they think it's the business that they're thinking. Sure. It's like, can it make us money? Sure. But they've given us a lot of freedom. So, you know, the same studio that puts out, you know, the Saw franchise and, and Hunger Games and all the <laughs> and others. And John Wick. And John Wick. 
uh, is letting us put out a movie across <laughs> the nation, fully funded, called Jesus Revolution. Jesus Revolution. And it's huge, dude. Yeah. A, we don't take that for granted. That is a, uh, a match that only God could put together. Absolutely. Which is exactly what's going on. We'll keep talking about that. We'll talk about Jesus Revolution. We'll take a little, a little stroll behind the scenes. What's it like to make a movie? There's a lot to talk about with some old friends, that being me. And Andy Irwin, this is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. Uh, it's Chicago. See, your age uh, is showing, uh, Andy Irwin, see, okay. famous filmmaker, Andy okay. and John Irwin, Kingdom <laughs> Kingdom Story Company, and uh, we're going to be talking about Jesus Revolution. We just changed all my bump music. Really? So that was Chicago How Saturday long did you have the, the other bump music? It was, Probably two while. years. Yeah, okay. So we haven't changed the intro music okay. and the cow mooing. Okay. If That's I just like, branding. you okay. got to stick with okay. that. Okay. I was like, if it doesn't have a moving cow, it's Right. You know, yeah, you got to kill the cow. Yeah. So <clears throat> so that that's the first time I've heard my new bump music. So thank you, everybody over there at Truth Radio. God bless you. Now i got to wait for the emails because people are going to ask me why I use secular bump music. But I <laughs> love that question. Go ahead. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. Email me all you want. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. I'll be happy to talk to you about why I use secular music. Uh, which we're going to talk about in Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And, and the, what, an interesting little tidbit about Christian radio, I don't know if you know this, Andy, is about they think about 25 to 35% of Christian radio listeners are unchurched. Huh. Because they, there's no pressure. Yeah. Nobody's asking them for money directly. Yep. They don't have to walk into a building where nobody knows who they are. That's fascinating. And you can just kick the tires. I love that. So that affects how I do radio because hmm. I know there's somebody listening to us right now. Very similar thought that process. Just the same thing as you guys doing with movies. That, yep. that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. So every once in a while, if I drop some Christian terminology and say born again, I'm like, oh, i got to explain that. Hmm. Uh, so it's just been great. I, I, I love doing this, and I love you guys and appreciate you. John and Andy have been making films for a long time. And then originally uh, ESPN doing that, playing around, mm-hmm. and then uh, – you made Christian music videos. Yep, we were music video directors for a long time. And then you got into feature films, and then now I want to talk big picture, and then we'll talk about Jesus Revolution. <clears throat> How did the whole thing come with Lionsgate? Because you got Christian yeah. film and Lionsgate. Lionsgate isn't exactly run by a bunch of Bible thumpers, and they're in L.A. So how do you put that stuff together? Surprisingly, there were a lot of underground Christians there that had been praying for the opportunity. How about that? And so, like, in positions of influence— uh, there were several individuals that had been praying exactly for what happened. Wow. Uh, and then as soon as there was the opportunity to prove the business model, they jumped all over it. Yeah, because uh, we make up, a, we being Christians, make up a significant Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a huge market. audience. And I think that's the thing that's, uh, you know, being tested right now with Jesus Revolution where they're wanting to prove the audience again. And so that's a, it's a huge opportunity. All eyes are on that moment for the future of faith film. But I think... You know, for us, we took a risk on a little movie called uh, I Can Only Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and Why was that a risk? Well, because we did it independently. We went and raised the money for it, and we were coming off of Woodlawn, which was a, a critical success, and it was a, a spiritual success, but yeah. it was a financial uh, failure. And so, you know, it didn't perform the way we would hoped. And so coming off of that and then doing an independent film, uh, the month that we started filming that movie, there was an article that came out in Entertainment Weekly that said uh, the music biopic is dead. Mm. And we're like, that's a good time to do a music biopic. <laughs> Thanks you know, for that. Go. Thanks a lot. We're dead. <laughs> and uh, But it was just one of those moments where we just kind of like, instead of trying to self-protect, we let go of the boat and started swimming. And like, if we drown, we drown. And God just was in it. It was in the moment. And uh, we did this little movie. And nobody, uh, you know, we didn't have a distributor. And so we got approached by Roadside, which is the sister company to Lionsgate. And they wanted to put it out. Yeah. 
and we said we like that big, you know, attractive logo of Lionsgate. It mm-hmm. just gives imputed worth. And so we did a deal with both of them so that we could have Lionsgate release it. And that movie came out, and people thought it was going to do nothing. It was just pre- predicted to do squat, and it dominated. It $17 million opening weekend, A-plus cinema score, went on to do eighty. And the amount of people in America, Christian and otherwise, that know the song, I can only imagine, yep. is crazy because that yep. charted, and it went outside of the yeah, Christian it was, world. It was, it was all huge outside the church. And so you know, there was a lot of things that, looking back, you're like, of course that was going to make a, you know, a good movie. But you know, up to that point, everybody thought that it was crazy. Yeah. And so – Lionsgate, it was one of their most profitable <clears throat> films that year. Wow. And so they came back, and some of those people that were believers said, this is a good business model, yeah. guys. And they took a chance on us and you know, put out a long-term deal. T- Tyler Perry had just left the, the company to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we said, well, could we have Tyler's slot? And, and God just gave us favor. And the cool thing that came out of that is one of the things they gave us was Final Cut. They gave us you know, creative control. Uh, of our product, which at that point in our career we should never have had, but right. you know, as a result, uh, we've it's allowed us to really make sure that we keep the authenticity and the purity of the faith um, component of our films, uh, you know, intrinsically honest to what our audience is and what we believe. And so, there's not anybody out in Hollywood, you know, fidgeting with it and trying mm-hmm. to make it more this, more that. Yeah. It's like, no, this is this is what we believe, and it's 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 honest. Hence the opportunities that we're getting now. When's the last time there was a feature film with the name Jesus in the title? Was it Jesus Christ Superstar? Has there been anything since then? As far as narrative feature, uh, I can't think of one. Like Jesus Christ Superstar would probably be the last one. Yeah, that'd be the last one. Yeah. I mean, there's been other, like, we, you know, we've even done docs that have had that in the title. Sure. But as far as, like, a narrative feature film and a major release, I can't think of one. Yeah. I, I might be blanking, but... Uh, yeah, that would be the last time. That would have been, what, like the late 70s, early 80s. So it was... Willem Dafoe, The Last Temptation of Christ, which was, what, in 1981 or something. Yeah, it's been probably that. 40 years. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what was the genesis of, of Jesus' Revolution? I I know it because it's there's kind of a backstory to all this. Well, I but... think you're, you're part of the backstory. <laughs> you know, you, you introduced uh, my brother to a fellow, uh, you know, chaos guy and Greg Laurie. That they, th- those two just love to stir the pot. And, yes, um, two peas in a pot. So Greg Laurie, the pastor of Harvest Church, and John uh, got introduced by you, and they started kind of dreaming. And we had just come off of, um, you know, we just come off of uh, Woodlawn, and we were, uh, you know, very interested in the Jesus movement because that kind of played into the Woodlawn story. It, it, the Jesus movement that happened in the 70s with the, right. the hippies. Like that movement, the tail end of it hit Birmingham, Alabama and caused the movie Woodlawn, the whole, that whole storyline to happen. And so, but there was a cover of Time Magazine that John discovered when we were filming that movie uh, that, that on the, the cover of 1971 it said the Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And then he went back and did his research and three years earlier there was a cover uh, that was just a black you know, backdrop, the, the words, is God dead? And so John just, it was a splinter in his mind. It's like, what, what must have seismically mm-hmm. happened to have those two covers to happen? What, <laughs> yeah. what happened in those years Three in between? Three years apart. And so he started doing a deep dive, and he and Greg started talking about the stories of the Jesus movement. Greg was, you know, like a lot of leaders in the church now, traced their roots back to that time. Yeah. And so Greg was a teenager, a drug, drugged out, you know, hippie kid that was one of the initial converts uh, that, that the story was about. And so they just swapped stories back yeah. and forth. 
So we're on set doing other movies, and John keeps talking to Greg. He's like, we got to do the Jesus Revolution. we got to do Jesus Revolution. Well, when John would show up, and you guys were doing events or going to big uh, conventions, and a lot of Christians around or a big SBC annual thing, and he's talking about the vision and FOMO, fear of missing out on all yeah, this yeah. stuff, he would always bring the Jesus Revolution yep. into the conversation. Yep. Like, what in the world happened uh, in the culture that all of a sudden yeah. – People are talking about Jesus and all these hippies, and, and what's the deal there? Yep. Can we study that? That's yep. the last great awakening in American history. Yeah. And then could, can you do anything from a human perspective to maybe see that spark again? Yeah, it's been his bully pulpit. It's what, what he's continued to, to say. This is a story, you know, the, the story's revival, spark revival. Yep. So it's like that idea. It was a splinter in his mind. And, um, and the thing that he took into this that was really impressive, and I think the reason why the story plays very broad is he he really saw in the DNA as he interviewed a lot of these these older people that were hippies uh, back in the day is these weren't bad kids going to do drugs and it wasn't the sex drug and the rock and roll it wasn't the, it wasn't about it being rebellious what it was is these were kids that were searching for all the right things but in all the wrong places yeah, yeah. they were they were told or sold a bill of goods that. This LSD was going to be what unlocked their mind yeah. to this greater consciousness to understand God. Looking for love Looking in all the love. wrong places, exactly. of course. Exactly. Which so, is exactly what's going on today, which we're going to talk about yeah. it in the next segment. We'll get into Jesus Revolution. Uh, by far the best movie the Irwin brothers have done. It's really amazing. We'll be right back. Del the Solo. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is another one of those live radio moments, right? Right. You know, what, you know what we should is intro music. Yes. But we're not. We're not. I'm hearing you. Good. Would you like to sing? You got a little tune going uh, on in your I'll, I'll save that for the Look, next there it show. is. Yeah. So you know what it is now. So this is what I do. Right. If you're a real professional, Andy, you don't acknowledge when anything goes wrong. <laughs> it's all part But I all always part. acknowledge when things goes wrong. So what's happening right now is the clock's probably off by about 10 or 12 seconds. There you go. So that's hey. September. Hey, you, you just got to prime the pump, and, right. then it, and then it kind of the moment happens. So I just say, hey, listen, this is the deal. This is what happens when you're in live radio, and if you can either trust in uh, chariots and horses, or you can trust in the living God, and I trust in go. the living God. I and like so it. Uh, I don't. I hate pre-recording. I think yeah. pre-recording and pre-recording podcasts and stuff is for wimps, quite frankly. <laughs> and if you need it live, we'll do it live. We'll do, do it live. live. Then get out, the get off the big porch, That's go awesome. play around with all the kids out there with the little toys and the fake stuff. And we're going to be up here with the real fireworks. And I like if you it. can't play on the like live it. stage and get out. That's yep. basically what it is. So great. I love it when things go wrong. Anyway, uh, uh, John and Andy Irwin, of course, uh, John is Andy's brother and <clears throat> been making films for a long time. And you guys have seen probably most of them. Mom's Night Out, which was a blast because it was just a great comedy. Nobody saw that coming. They're like, That's a, that, there's Christians that did that? It was fun. And it was just a blast. And then but October before that, Mom's Night Out, then Woodlawn. Yep. Then I Can Only Imagine. Yep. Then I still believe, uh-huh. which was crazy timing because stupid COVID. Yeah, that we were number one in the story. box office on Friday, and it was uh, all the theaters were shut down by Tuesday. <laughs> it was the shortest theater run of any movie, but we had a number one Friday. Yes, you put did. that flag in the ground. Amen. And then nobody came back on and Tuesday. Then that was that. that yeah, was it. And th- it was but that's over. a great story. Jeremy Camp's story is powerful. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, now we're talking about Jesus Revolution, which is literally about the Jesus movement, the Jesus Revolution. All right, Kelsey Grammer and yep. Jonathan Rumor. Yep. We all know Kelsey Grammer because he's been around for for ages. Yeah, incredible actor. Love so let's guy. talk about him. And then Jonathan Rumi. Everybody, you know, now you got Jesus. I mean, playing Lonnie Frisbee Jonathan, from the Chosen. Jonathan is on top of his game right now. Like, oh yeah, he's everywhere. That guy. I mean, he's a force of nature, and he is a great actor. Like, very method. It's kind of like, uh, you know, our version of Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, mm, he just wow. disappears into a role. I mean, for this one, 
to be the, so he plays Lonnie Frisbee, who is the hippie evangelist, and Lonnie was very much a, a complicated character. Yeah, oh, very. Had his own demons, uh, but had this raw power uh, and kind of this you know, really this movement of the spirit that that was hard to explain. And he was the nitroglycerin when he met Chuck Smith. This established preacher and the two of them together it just that was the explosive combustible energy and jonathan and kelsey together as dance partners in this film are fantastic <laughs> that, was, so that was just good. mesmerizing mesmerizing like the scene at the kitchen table where they're talking about yeah. the hippie generation the two of them together you know it's just i mean i could watch that on a loop and so kelsey uh decided to do this film and of course, people know Kelsey from Frasier and Cheers, and oh, you know, and then a list of, of movies. Uh, but Kelsey, you know, we were looking for somebody that had the gravitas to play Chuck Smith. And so, uh, when Kelsey uh, was looking at the project, he was out on his back porch, and he's, you know, leans Christian. He's a believer, and um, but he was out on his back porch and kind of having this moment of prayer with God. And he's like, "I just want to do something with my life that counts." Mm. And he walked in and looked at his desk and sitting on the desk, his, his agent had put the script for Jesus Revolution <laughs> on the desk. Wow. He read the script and he said, I'm in. I'm doing it. And so he came in and just brought this. I mean, there's several moments in the film that will take your breath oh. away. And he's so good. as Chuck Smith. And, 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 and on a side note, and, and I watched it first and then Gina watched it. And then I, I had two, two screenings. I did them right. the same night, two separate right. theaters, about a half an hour apart. So I'm watching all these people react. And and the thing about it is it, it Chuck Smith has to go from kind of the uh, get off my culture lawn. war yeah. evangelical. <laughs> yeah. We don't want. I mean, I don't want any woke kids coming in. I don't want any transgender. Don't I don't want any homosexuals right. showing up here. I don't want any of that stuff. Keep, you stay out of here. Uh, you come in with a mask and you don't know what gender you are. Mm. Stay out. Right. And that's that's Chuck Smith at the time. Yeah, he was very confronted by the yeah. complete opposite. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's as a movie, it just brings up a lot of really interesting uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's kind of like that that verse where you know the the disciples are talking to Jesus and uh, and the Pharisees trying to trick him, and he just like you know says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." And then they came back like, "Who is my neighbor?" Mm-hmm. And I think that that question today, like, "Who is my neighbor?" Like, who who are the people to reach? And I think the thing that Chuck had to look at is is it wasn't his belief system; it was just his lens of who needed to be reached and loved, right? And Along come these hippies that have, I mean, they were messed up. Oh, man. Like, messy. And, you know, there was this thing that people were laughing, and, and, and Lonnie's saying that, you know, God's saving the hippies, and nobody thought hippies could get saved. And, uh, and in that, Chuck intentionally began to reach out to the broken yeah. uh, and the needy. And the people that were the outcasts, and you know, and opened his church doors to them. And, and the only did. one doing it, and and took a lot of flack for that. Yeah. And then this revival broke out where it just started sweeping the country. And I, so, you know, as far as how that applies today, that's for uh, much brighter minds than us. We're just storytellers. Yeah. But we're telling what happened then, mm-hmm. uh, with the idea of there was something so pure and so authentic, and so needed in that time. And and the, you look at the time now and there's a, there's a craving i think this generation yeah. regardless of if, put the issues to the side sure like p- put the you know whatever the the soapbox topics are look at the craving for what this generation is looking for and i think there is a desire for truth mm-hmm. and meaning and to belong but they're which lo- is why they're bouncing all over the place yes, and all the crazy things you're looking for, for you're it. looking for things that can't hold that they can't contain it right so whatever it's the current issue the current topic the current thing 
you know, there is this fear uh, that, you know, I need I need something that's true. And and I think in that there's an awesome opportunity that people Mm -hmm. they're looking for authentic love and that that can only be found in 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 jesus and that gets voiced quite clearly and explicitly in jesus revolution it does and there's these powerful moments that happen and this combustible energy between this hippie evangelist lonnie frisbee and chuck smith and uh there's all sorts of beautiful moments that are explored that historically happen and then and then to have greg laurie's whole conversion story in there And then Kathy, who had become his wife, and I've known those guys for years, and it's just, it was just kind of cool to watch that love story. By the way, both both my wife now my our daughter Caroline, of course, knew who was playing Greg. Yeah, I didn't know who Joel he was. Courtney. He's great. And then the girl playing Kathy, and and when yeah. I watched it, I'm like, these two are re- these they're, are, really, they're really good. good. Well, and that's something that communicates, especially I think you know, to a younger crowd, is there's this gorgeous love story, mm-hmm. you know, between Greg and Kathy yeah. Laurie. And so uh, Greg's played by Joel Courtney that was the little kid in Super 8. And so, oh, that, oh okay. Yeah, so I he was – J.J. Abrams discovered him. And, wow. uh, and then Joel – I mean, he's all grown up now, and he's kind of going on to do a lot, of, a lot of Netflix movies that a lot of the younger people like. Um, but, uh, but Joel is a believer, and he came in and decided wow. to do this story. And then Anna Grace Barlow plays, plays Kathy, and she's like a young Kate Hudson in this. And the two of them together, the love story is just, it's, they're magnetic. Oh. And so it's, it was it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, that's why I, I said earlier, and I said that night, when I told Gene, I said, okay, you got to watch this with me tomorrow night. And I said, the, the, the Irwins have made some great movies. They've never made this one. Well, th- this one, this one, and i got to give credit to my brother on this one. So this this one is one that, again, he saw the value in yeah. it, uh, and it, he championed it for years. Uh, you know, so when we were finishing American Underdog, he was like, uh, "Next thing, I'm, I'm going right away into Jesus Revolution," and uh, and and he was ready to go a lot quicker than I was because <laughs> he doesn't like to stop because he's yes. manic and he's just going to pass out one day and never wake <laughs> up. But uh, he decided to go ahead and do this, and I said, "You know, if you feel like you got to go, go. I'll, I'll I'll slide over to being a producer." And uh, so he took Brent McCorkle, who was one of our longtime collaborators, and the two of them went off to make it. And when I started seeing the footage come in, oh, man. I was just like, oh, this is different. This is special. And it's one that plays across a broad swath, mm-hmm. uh, like, because, uh, you know, the traditional Christian, uh, you know, audience sees their history. But then you've got, you know, you know more uh, kind of a younger generation that sees what they crave yeah. is authenticity and ultimate truth. And something to belong to. Yeah, it's it's a proposition for them. Exactly, it's an invitation. Where and you, and you, when you were explaining that earlier, and they're looking for truth here and there, and I know because I because my audience is me, <laughs> and I know so they go, no, no, they're so screwed up, blah 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 blah. No, no, they are all seeking. Yeah. And the problem is in our flesh. The last place you want to end up is at the foot of the cross and bow the knee to a moral god mm-hmm. because that brings all the baggage of morality with it. So you you'll tr- you'll go down every other path and every other rabbit trail trying to find that answer because you crave it and there's only one thing that can satisfy it and it's Christ. Right. And oftentimes for a lot of people, myself included, that is the last place I'll go. Yep. So this is a very you're like okay. All right, here's the hippie generation. Nobody wanted them. They were yep. looking for love. They were looking for meaning. They're trying to find some existential out of my body experience. Yep. And you know Jesus is probably sitting there the whole time going, yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> and then. So just a proposal. Yep. Just consider it. Yep. And I think they will. Yeah, because I think at the foot of that cross is an uh, invitation of love. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's a, it's a come to me as you are. 
That's right. And I think that the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that scene with Chuck Smith, where after you know there, there, I won't give it. There's a beautiful moment leading into it that I won't give it away because it's a breathtaking moment. But when he then he preaches this message. Yeah. Uh, based on the, the the plaque on the Statue of Liberty, coming to you know bring 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 every all your all broken your huddled, masses. You know, huddled masses, huddled, huddled masses, you're broken, you're you're destitute, uh, and it's that idea of it being an invitation. And he says, you know, you know, no matter what you're you've done or what you are still currently doing, like it's an invitation. Yeah. You're welcome here to understand forgiveness. Yeah, that never changes. Andy Irwin, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, thestevenobleshow.com. You can get the podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're all over the place. Uh, slowly but surely taking over the world. Actually, that's not what we're doing. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, that's all the Lord's doing, and which is awesome. Uh, and one of the things that's been really cool uh, in my media life for the last 20 years to, to watch what happens is to watch what's happened to my friends John and Andy Irwin. And Andy's here in the studio today uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is great to see you and have you here. And just to watch what God has done with you guys. I'm a movie nerd anyway. The only thing we have to figure out for you guys to get you into the highest uh, – the best zip code in heaven <laughs> is you got to figure out a way to do some kind of a true science fiction, Star Wars esque Christian movie. Yeah. That's the, now when you get there, I'll have to fight but, idolatry but, <laughs> but, because we're all a bunch of Star Wars nerds as well. So we have a lot in common. Yeah. We were talking cool. earlier that you're just trying to figure out your way onto the Skywalker ranch. Yes. So. That's all. That's, that's how we pay for our son's on college the, education. On the airplane, I was watching the big bang theory and the episode where, where the Leonard and, Sheldon snuck into the Skywalker Ranch, and they had to be escorted out and permanently banned from there with their <laughs> pictures on the gate. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me and Steve. So. Yes, we're all over that. So yeah. uh, we'll keep working on that one. And uh, by the way, uh, we'll hang out later at my house and have dinner. We're not going to talk about movies. We are going to talk about Andor, though. Oh, man. Yeah. So bring your A game because we have to talk about what's man, happening. Andor. It's really important stuff. That changed my life. That, was, <laughs> uh, that, put, that put hope back in the Lucas universe for me. Yes, I'm right there with you. So we're going to have a great time later. We'll talk about that. But right now, talking about the Jesus Revolution, opening nationwide February 24th. It'll be all over the country. Just as a reminder for everybody, here's what I'm going to tell you, because I watched the the 120 people that came out to our two screeners. We did two screens in one night and uh, had about 120 people come out and see the movie that night, Andy. And I knew they were going to be shocked because they're not they're used to seeing good a good Christian movie. Yeah. I think our standards, we lower our standards yeah. when we walk in to see a Christian movie. This is not, this is the best produced, most high quality Christian movie I've ever seen. Mm. That's why I'm like, this isn't really a Christian movie in terms of that, because I think we just have lowered our expectations, but this is an a game. It's remarkable how uh, good this movie is. Thanks man. And so it was cool to watch people. They were all like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised this is, I'm like, yes, yeah, see, there you go. Okay, good. Cause that's what God is doing. Thanks, man. Uh, how important is opening weekend? I want to always remind people of that because this is still a game that involves money. And I know one of the dreams for you guys is to, when you have a blockbuster, you don't have to work. The evangelism gets taken care of by the market Mm -hmm. and then it goes all over the place and it can go into countries all over the world. Uh, So remind us of how important it is for us to come out the weekend of February. Yeah, very much. You know, the, 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 uh, the February 24th opening weekend, like it's, that's, that's critical. You know, uh, Lionsgate, you know, the reason why the quality looks good is Lionsgate uh, has continued to support us with a budget, yep. you know. And so for us taking a you know movie like American Underdog, where we were able to kind of do a really good sports movie, to take that now into an overtly Christian film, but pour the same kind of resources yeah. into a movie like that, 
uh, just continues to allow us to chase that. And what supports that is them believing that there's an audience that's going to show up. Mm-hmm. So you vote with your ticket. That's right. You know, and so if you don't show up, say I'll just wait for it to you know to be on home video. Uh, then you may not get another opportunity. And this one in particular, because coming out of COVID and all the different things, right now Hollywood as a whole is evaluating what audiences are viable mm-hmm. and what audiences are dead. Who's come back. Who's come back. And they and they make rash decisions. So it's not like, oh, we'll give those another shot. It's like, a, nope, moving on, that's dead. And so, you know, if you want to prove the, the model, right now all eyes are on, is the faith audience still viable? Yeah. And, you know, a, a movie with Jesus in the title that's overtly Christian, but also, you know, mainstream accessible mm-hmm. uh, that has big actors in it and that they put the budget into and they're putting a wide release. They're like, OK, it has all the ingredients. Now is the audience going to show up? If the audience shows up, it's a game changer. Oh, man. You know, and it resets the model. And now they're going to be like, we want more of this. Uh, if they don't show up or they show up, uh, you know, in, in, in lesser numbers, they'll be like, eh, you know, when we'll go back to the, to the, mm-hmm. the lower budget films. And so it's really important to show up and vote with your ticket. So and to, to kind of mobilize your church community to see it as a, an evangelism opportunity. Yeah, Just yeah. the idea of buy a ticket for you and a ticket for a lost friend, and there's conversations that will come out of this. Yeah, it, it's pregnant with that kind of opportunity, yeah. and that's the whole point. Don't don't uh, listen. A lot of us outsource the discipleship of our kids to the youth group, and that didn't work. Right. You have to own this, and so you use it as just a primer. It right. just kind of tills the soil. And then after them, what'd you think of that? What'd you think of the message? Blah, 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 blah. But you got to take people with you. How many screens will it open up? Yeah, we're going to be on close to 3,000. Wow. So it's, it's, the, it's the, wi- the widest release we've ever had. And this is the cool thing about it is that, uh, to Andy's point, you, you can actually have an impact on what God's going to do with this thing by showing up and voting with your pocketbook. He's like, I'm just one person. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> you aren't. You are part of a movement, and that's why it's incumbent upon us. This, I'm old enough. My audience will get this reference. Yeah. You probably will because you're, you're a nerd enough. Uh, Hot Wheels. Yeah. You got a Hot Wheel track. Absolutely. So the day that changed my life as a Hot Wheel person is when they came out with the battery-operated thing with the spinning rubber wheels yep. in it. And so you and your car has yep. no and energy. And it shot it out. And it shot it back out. Yeah, right. That's us. We're the Hot Wheel station yep. where we shoot the movie out. And then you can actually, if, if it has a killer first weekend, sometimes they even add screens. They do. And that determines how long it's in the theater, they which do. determines how many people are going to see it, and then gives it even more weight once it hit, crosses over and it gets into the street. Well, case in point, like a little movie like I Can Only Imagine should not have done anywhere close to what it did <laughs> no but w- that opening weekend it made so much noise that we were looking at the data for you know what theaters were exploding and there was one in burbank like nobody goes and sees a faith film in burbank wow. so we sent kind of some spies to go check out like who's in this audience they walked in and it was a bunch of suits they're all in there with notepads taking notes like why does this work why it was the movie studios being wow. like you this uh, what is going on next thing you know screens are added we continue to kind of fight our way through, yeah. and then the fearing missing out kicks in, and then the general movie public goes like, what's that I can only imagine? And they show up. So the, the reason why there was a Time Cover magazine that said the Jesus Revolution four years or three years after Is God Dead is because Christians were making so much noise, yeah. they could not deny it. You can't deny it. So what, you know, the headlines, if this does well, is Jesus is back again, and it's like— you know, it's an opportunity to engage culture in a way that's an invitation instead of an exclusion. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's evangelistic. Yeah, it's so cool. Have you talked to Greg since all this is going down? Oh, I'm yeah. going to have Greg, him on the show. I haven't talked Greg, to him about it yet. We texted, but Greg's all over it. So Greg, <laughs> it's got to be wild for him to all of a sudden kind of see part of his life, well, the epicenter of his life on Greg, the screen. Greg's Greg's part movie star. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. We when we were first hanging out, like uh, John and him are so much closer than 
than than I am. I mean, he, John, and, and Greg, I think, are long lost like twins or relatives. Oh or yeah, something. oh yeah. But we we were walking in the movie theater, and Greg's a movie buff. I mean, beyond us. I mean, to the obsessive level. Uh, and we walked in, and there was a mural on the wall at the the, the theater in L.A. And he looked up, and it was all these old icons. And he points out, he's like, quick, tell who could name all the people on that wall? And so I went through them. I was like, oh, it's James Cagney, John Wayne, you know, and all the way down. Cary Grant, all this stuff. And I was like, that's, and I said somebody, Errol Flynn. He's like, no, it's Tyrone Power. I knew that. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you? So uh, so uh, it was it was pretty, he's, he loves movies. So the idea of seeing it created, he had very strong opinions on everything from cast to music. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, and he was on set in the majority of the days, and things happened that were really cool. Like on set when they're doing the baptisms at Pirates Cove, there was one character that we uh, we cast because Lionsgate had sent a social media ar- uh, article on this guy um, uh, Sean Weiss that was the goalie for the Mighty Ducks movies, mm. played Goldberg. Wow! So they said this is like one of the people in the movie that you're talking about ministering to because Sean had just come out with his story. He had after being a child actor had bottomed out on drugs, gotten on meth, ended up homeless at one point. Wow! And which looked very gaunt, skeletal, and tried to build his life back together through going to rehab. So they said, we want to put him in the movie. So Lionsgate flew him to set and got wow. him there. He plays this broken down Vietnam. But he's that, that guy. He's that guy. Oh, man. And so, he's in several scenes. Yeah, he's in several. Well, they added scenes for him. Wow. And so when it got to the baptism, before it started, he pulled Greg Laurie to the side. And he said, I want to pray that prayer for real. Wow. And he made a decision oh, for Christ. And then he, he said, before we do the scene, he said, Greg, can you baptize me? <laughs> and so Greg baptized him before they did the baptism scene. And so, like, in, it's just one of those things where, you know, life imitates art. And it's just Greg being a part of every mm-hmm. part of that. I think it, it influenced the movie that was yeah. made. Yeah. What, what's it been like to see cast and crew? Because it's not like you can run around, nor, nor did you have an intention. And I agree with this. There was no, I, if I were in your shoes, I would never try to hire all Christians. No, not at all. I'd want to find the best people I can. Yeah. And then minister to them in whatever way I can because most of them are going to be unbelievers. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's got to have been a. That's had to have been a really cool aspect of all these years of doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we we kind of leaned the other way because there was a lot of people, and I don't know that it's right or wrong. I'm not going to judge what yeah. other people do, but uh, uh, a lot of other people were like, "No, we we want to hire only Christians. It mm-hmm. needs to be made by Christians for Christians." Yeah, and if that's I get what, that, and that's what if that's what you're called to do, then I, you know I support it, and I say that that's that's your right uh, uh, to to make the movie that you want to make. But for us, we kind of lean the other direction. I love interacting in a loving way with people that disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not afraid of engaging with people that we don't believe the same thing. Um, I think there's so much made about tolerance now, and it's been hijacked. The idea of tolerance mm-hmm. is that we have to all change what we believe and agree with each other. No, tolerance is the idea that I'm going to love you as a person, show you dignity and respect, even if we di- fundamentally disagree yeah. on everything. Vehemently. And. And that's 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 what on our sets we're like, come as you are, you know, come whether you agree with this or not. But we have to honor the real life story we're telling. Yeah. And you have to do your job to make sure it's authentic. And Mm -hmm. it's 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 a great reflection of what this person believed and what their life was. Yeah. And so along the way, we've developed friendships with a lot of people that from all shapes and sizes. And it's an opportunity to, to love people towards Jesus. Yeah, it's so cool. And that you know, you think about it, you go all the way back to the first century, go back to the book of Acts. Uh, if you're a believer then, almost nobody agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole right. world disagrees yeah. with you. You're the craziest. And so you wade into that uh, because like we were told in the scriptures, the harvest is white. 
right? So we pray for the workers to go forth. That's us, and we can all do that. Coming up February 24th in theaters everywhere, Jesus Revolution, based on the true story and what happened. Late 60s, early 70s, and Greg Laurie stories in there, and Chuck Smith, and Calvary Chapel, and Lonnie Frisbee. It's an amazing movie. you got to go watch it. We'll keep talking about it. Jesus Revolution, jesusrevolution.movie, February 24th, Andy Irwin. God bless you, man. I love you. I appreciate you. And it's just uh, such a blessing to be able to hang with you guys and see what God's doing. Love you, buddy. This is always an adventure. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God- Another program powered by The Truth Network.